Welcome to episode 400 of the Doctor Today, a Doctor Who podcast. My name is David, and I'm here with my wife, Andrew. Hello. Today we're going to talk about episode 3 of The Nightmare of Eden. <laughs> yes, and Eden is exactly where the Doctor and Amana have jumped into after eluding the police that have come onto the vessel, the Empress. Um, so now they're in the, the dark jungle... Um, there's a lot of sounds of screeching birds and calling uh, in the background. And then they hear, if, as they're deciding on which direction to go and what to call the direction they're going to go, um, they hear a terrible growling noise. Can we just go? <laughs> and so they head off to get away. And then as they run past an area, we see one of the bug-eyed monsters from the, um, the power station uh, following behind them with its green, glowy eyes. The police uh, officer and Diamond come in to the lounge looking around trying to find them and they see that uh, the projection is showing the Eden. Trist has come in and, uh, or actually, sorry, um, before Trist has come in, they're talking about where he might have gone. Um, the Doctor and Ramon are talking about this machine of Trist's and how it, it has a, it's a relative dimensional field, but without the damper that Ramana said they didn't have, they can walk right into the projection. That's how they were able to get in there and not be torn apart, but that also that others could walk out. Um, as they're in the jungle, the doctor says at one point that he can't move and they look and there are creeper wrapping around his legs and he can't break out of them and then we see a large plant kind of unfold itself and a type of a flytrap plant and doctor helps Ramana get a very thick root to a tree and with much struggle pulls it over to him he bites it and um, a fluid comes out sprays into the venus flytrap type plant uh, which makes the creeper let go and so the doctor is free trist is caught up with the police in the first in the first class lounge there and um they say, well, can we switch it off? And he says, well, no, the doctors, they've taken the um, selector so that the machine is only on Eden, all Eden, all the time. Ramona and the doctor huddle uh, in the little alcove as they hear more of the monsters coming. And they walk, one walk slowly by, and then they slowly get up and are relieved and think they're safe but then the monster jumps up and attacks them again and as uh, they're the monsters attacking we see a laser gun and someone is shooting at it and it is uh, banished uh, out of the way and the doctor says well thank you and who are you and uh, we learn that this is Stott who was the crewman lost from Trist's ship um, he starts to tell him a little bit about who he is and the doctor says oh well this belongs to you and gives him back his little radiation cuff 
and um, he says, oh, we hear some more growling. He says, well, we better get out of here. And he takes him to uh, a secured area, a little office, some rooms that he has. They ask, you know, what happened with him? He says, well, they left me here, left me in Eden for dead when um, something had happened and he was been stuck there and he's been there for 183 days. He says something went wrong when they stopped the transmission and then when they got on this the Empress ship he determined that he could get out again um, the doc says well why don't you tell Trist or Della who he seems to have a affection for that you that you who you were and that you could get out and he says well I can't because of what I'm here for what I'm doing it says that he's really uh, like a drug enforcement agent, uh, intelligence agent, looking for um, this drug smuggler. Doctor says how Trist has suspected the doctor and well, suspected him, and then so now suspecting Della, and uh, how the police are thinking the doctor had something to do with the drugs, and he says, oh, no, Trist is wrong, It's it, it couldn't be her. And uh, he thought that the doctor was a smuggler for a while because the doctor had some of the uh, Faxoan on him. Um, so that gets cleared up between them. And Romana says, chimes in that this um, the drug smuggler has used the crystal display as a way uh, of hiding this new source of the drug to evade the scans because it's the scans that they do of the ships and stuff to keep drugs out would not be able to read the crystal format of the CET machine. Uh, Stock goes on to say how he had, uh, had been tracking the uh, to try to find out where the full shipment of the drug was. He, he was able to find out that um, the main supply was in Eden, but that's as far as, as he's discovered. Um, he figures that there must be some plan for the crook to, just for there to be a handoff from the main supply to distribute distributor. They, uh, the doctor and Stott made the plan. The doctor says they really need to separate the ship, so he asks uh, if he goes different directions through Eden, will he manage to get out in different areas of the ship? He says, yes, I can show you the way so we can get to the power station, the power unit. So Stott comes out of Eden to the where the hallway to the power station is, uh, and K-9 is right there, and he, he thinks K-9 is some type of weapon, and the doctor points out, he says, nope, just your everyday computer dog. It tells K-9 that he's a friend. K-9 says that he's located the power unit, but he's also located five other um, beings on the ship. Um, Stott identifies the monsters as mandrels, and there are there are five of them around, apparently. 
one of the uh, the passenger think that it accosted the doctor about the um, being made to wait the, the jelly baby lady um, uh, is complaining to one of the crewmen of the Empress and says well you know uh, there was such a delay, and he says, "Well, we're trying to work. We're working on it. We have the police here trying to solve this issue." And blah, blah, and they go to open the door to the lift, and there are mandrels there, and she's attacked by a mandrel, and then there are more attacks going on in the the passenger bay. We switch scenes to the control room or the bridge, and Captain Rigg is sitting there watching the Mandrels attack his passengers and just laughing and giggling his, his head off. The doctor is working on the, the power unit, and the Mandrel comes and scares Romana. Uh, the doctor tells K-9 to, to blast it, and it does, but Romana's still frightened of it, doesn't want to walk near it to get to checking one of the dials that the doctor needs her help with. But, uh, so it's perfectly safe and he kicks it and shows it's alright. And so she jumps over it and goes and finds out that it was the wrong button she had. So she fixes this and that would have caused a, a meltdown or some big explosion at the power instead of what he was planning. So he says that uh, he needs the bridge power to be on uh, on full, and he needs uh, someone to go do that. So he charges um, Stott to help Ramana to get through Eden to get to where she needs to go to the bridge. And then they'll help the doctor out of uh, where he is to back into Eden. As uh, Romana heads toward the bridge, uh, a policeman uh, is talking to Trist. Um, Trist wants the mandrels to be just um, tranquilized. He says it's not necessary to kill them, and the policeman, uh, he's not going for that. He, he tells one of his, uh, his other officer on the video screen that if you find these monsters, then, you know, shoot to kill. And if you see that you encounter the doctor, you shoot the doctor too. He says, he, the officer questions him. He says, well, he's a criminal. What would you do with the criminal? So he has to be shot on sight as well. The doctor uh, has sent a canine off to one of the blurred areas of the ship, and he assures him that, oh, it's fine, we Stott and I have gone through one of those before. It's perfectly safe. Romana and uh, meets up with Stott, and they go through uh, Eden and find it, or they encounter another mandrel while they're in Eden trying to get through. The doctor is working away on the the power unit, and uh, mandrel is creeping up behind him. K-9 heads through one of the blurred sections. Romana manages to step back into the lounge um, and leaves Stott and Eden to help to assist the doctor. The doctor manages to evade his mandrel by creeping around the power unit and then he, he worked, he's set a timer so he's still trying to work on the 
parry unit and that gets the attention of the mandrel and it comes over and it smashes the work the doctor has just done and as the power surge or the power sparking hits him it knocks out the mandrel or falls to the ground and then it starts to disintegrate into like a, um, a powder broken big chunks of a, wa a white substance and the doctor examines it and says Fraxoin and this the source the main supply police are looking for uh, or talking amongst each other about how they will be um, probably promoted for their work here and finding the drug smugglers and killing the smugglers who they think is the doctor and Romana and Romana overhears them talking about this promotion they're hoping to get K9 has uh, made it to a position where he needs to be in one of the blurred sections to help the doctor separate the ships. The doctor is trying to rework his power unit with the little time that he has left on his counter. Romana gets to the bridge and Riggs is now gone uh, through his high cycle of his uh, drugs that he was given and is now in withdrawal and thinks that Romana's there to, to bring him more, to supply him with more, and he gets violent and um, abusive in his uh, wanting more drugs from her and starts to attack her. As uh, one of the cops comes in and stops him, knock, blasts a rig and he drops to the ground, but then um, it's not much of a relief because he still thinks Romana is one of the drug smugglers and is going to be executed anyway. He tries to keep her from getting to the controls as uh, the doctor fixes the part that he's been working on. She's still trying to reach the control and he's threatening to shoot her if she does. She says, well, I thought you were going to kill me anyway. And so she can see the counter clicking down to 20.23, 24, 2.5 is when the doctor is going to uh, have his power unit go off, but she finally presses the button, the doctor is finished with his part, and the ship starts to fade in and out, and like that warp sequence we saw earlier, and then as the doctor tries to get away from the power unit, the same thing starts happening to him, and he is stretched and um, fades, and seems to be gone, and we end. have a lot of talking through several things. Yes, we do. A lot of uh, information from Stott, um, who was the person that the, the doctor was chasing. Um, but he was thinking that the doctor was a smuggler, and the doctor thinking he was, and it turns out he's, he's working for the good. Um, Mandrels are loose on the ship. Mm. Until we see the surprise revelation about the mandrels. Yeah, mandrels are really walking 
drug, drug mules? Drug mules, yes. That's no, it's more they're... than that. <laughs> they apparently break down to become the drug. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, which seems sh- kind of strange. Yeah. Are they supposed to be plant creatures? I don't know. It didn't seem. I didn't get that from really. any of the narrative. Um. And they can't just be production. You know how I. I don't know if they're going to explain that or not. Probably not. I'm betting so, not. So I, I'm not really quite sure how that. How that came about. So here's the the revelation, the spoiler that I had and that I was talking about in the first okay. episode. Uh-huh. Didn't it seem fairly obvious that the drug had to come from the crystal, the projection? Or was that just me? It seemed like it well, was the only it place it could to, possibly have come from. Yeah, it had to be somehow connected to the machine. Right. Okay, yes. From the yeah. machine, but from the projection. So the fact that they are hiding the, the supply of drugs in the projections of the machine. Um, that there was a connection, sure. Yeah. Still not sure how the machine works, you know, because it's not a real machine, so it's kind of <laughs> difficult to get your head around how it actually works when it's not really real. Yeah. But still, sometimes you can get a sense of, yeah, it works. Or just if they'd explain it well enough, even in terms you don't understand, you think, yeah, that sounds like the right words are kind of put together, even though it's a nonsensical machine. You get that sense. Um, the, the techno babble mm-hmm. feels right, even though you have no idea how it works. You right. Know? Um, and that's just fine because you don't have to, you know. That is one of the things that's interesting about Doctor Who that you can have this nonsensical machine that you know we've never heard of, we probably never will, you know, and explain how it functions and, and different parts of it and what's missing of it, and you just go along. It just makes sense in your head as you hear the Doctor spat out all this type techno babble. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they, it's as easy to get away with that kind of thing in television now, do you? Like the crime dramas that you see or the um, the medical dramas, they have to be, a, they're a little more exact. Definitely. I, I don't know if that's just because we have better access to information than we used to. Consultants. So maybe. it's easier, and maybe that's what it is, maybe, yeah. uh, or they just see a value in uh, basing their stories in reality. Probably have so much, um, you know, fan response to say, no, that's not the way you do this or something. You know? That could be. That could be a, a whole bunch of different reasons. Yeah. So I guess there was nobody with the real CET machine to, to criticize <laughs> Doctor Who to say, well, no. no, it's not that, that type of field. It's really this. No. But I've always liked how you can just get go through that and it just makes sense and it just, it becomes, it's part of that reality and you just accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there are things that, that you just can't 
Passover? Like why, like you said, why did the mandrel just, you know, this one, um, what happened to it to make it just disintegrate to this substance? Right. Um, Uh, they mentioned that there was a long uh, reprise of the previous uh, ending, and mm-hmm. there was quite a bit. I didn't go over it in the, my recap, but there was. It, we don't start just where they're in Eden. It actually goes quite a bit back to when they um, are going to be arrested by the police and then run away from them and then go into the lounge, and so it's quite a ways back. Mm-hmm. Um, so just filler really on their part um, so I don't feel like we had a lot happen in the episode until even till the end um, so I guess that's what they were doing to fill in um, what do you mean? huh? What do you mean? oh to using more of a recap you mean? yeah it could be. Because we really needed to have Stott explain himself. That, that was kind of a little bit boring because it was just talking in the room where he, where he I guess he's been living for the 183 days. But, um, and then the, the techno speak, as, we're, as I was mentioning, while it, it allows you to get past the some of that and move on with the story and accept it into the story some of it too much of it can really um, seem a little boring so that part was a little boring as was when the doctor was telling who to do what when they got to the power unit it's like I I really couldn't follow what they were supposed to be trying to do yeah to to separate the ships I have no clue um, yeah, that whole segment seemed very. I, I don't. I don't want to say filler because I know that's something they needed to do. Yeah. But they could have made it a little more understandable. Right. Sometimes when he get when the doctor gets in his mode of um, uh, director mode, mm-hmm. you know, you go do this and you go do this and then I'll work on this and then we'll you know it's like you just kind of get okay they're off doing what he told them to do. Yeah. And we'll probably see how it all comes out later. Maybe I'll understand it then. Um, <laughs> which works in an overall sense as, you, as you're watching it, but it doesn't make a whole lot of um, sense at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, don't have a whole lot else to say about this. There was a couple little strange things that uh, Justin made some notes about too. I had noticed so much before when I first saw the policemen arrive, but they had, you know, black police type outfits on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stormtrooper. Nazi Stormtrooper. Yeah, with the, with, you know, the um, uh, captain type hat. Yes. You know, like uh, American police hat, not a, not a bobby. Right. Not a helmet, but uh, the soft hat, which is more like a nautical hat, really, or a, a army hat, but in black, which is what we're used to seeing for uh, cops to wear. Um, but there's 
their epaulets are sequined black, and they've mm. got a sequined band of black on the hat, and they're nice sequin, very disco. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Yeah. <laughs> Some of it kind of blends in, but then I looked up, it's like, wow, that's very sparkly. Um, <laughs> so I guess it kind of goes with the movie. It's like the, the disco cruise ship. <laughs> disco part of the galaxy. Yeah. I don't know. So that just stood out to me this time. And then um, when they come out of Eden and Stop meets K-9, and the doctor introduces him and says, oh, he's a friend. K-9 comes forward and sniffs, sniffs at Stop. Yeah, that I'm was thinking, terrible. Yes, and the production notes that this was an unscripted um, addition by, you know, by the actor did K-9. It's like, yeah, it should have been left out. It's like it clearing its throat in the <laughs> couple stories previous. Yeah. No. Didn't really have a place in the show. Yeah, it's still a computer dog. Leave it be the computer dog, not a dog that looks like a computer. It's a computer that looks like a dog. You know, it's different. You don't need to... Um, give it the attributes of a, a real organic animal. It wouldn't have them. Yeah. It's, it, those things just take you right out of that part of the story. And then there was the first mandrel that the, that the doctor has canine and says kill, but is very obviously breathing <laughs> on the ground. Oh, yeah. I guess I didn't notice that. <laughs> the, the production note made a point of saying. Yeah, he was killed, but you can see he's breathing away. <laughs> Even as the doctor kicks him in the leg and says, no, he's quite dead. It's perfectly safe. <laughs> but he's still breathing. Well, when we see the one of the mandrels at one point, he turns and you can clearly see the guy in the suit through the right. mouth or whatever it is he's looking through. So we had one of those too. Yeah. Oh, and when it falls, the one in the that he has canine shoot. I guess it what some of the like scaly type. There's almost like interlocking scales, almost like you'd think you'd see on a dragon or something. Mm. Um, or really big snake scales, uh, fish scales on covering its lower extremities and. Uh, torso and there are fewer of them in there but near the inner leg crotch area as it falls you can see some of the suit that they're stuck to um, and then they made a point of show, seeing that telling that you can see the very clean feet underneath mm. <laughs> which look just like foam rubber pads kind of But, you know, their surprise factor, I guess. You know, it's, it's science fiction, but it also has that monster week element. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. I like the ones better that are more a villain a week. You know, they don't have to have to be a monster that has a, you know, a, a huge intricate 
are somewhat not in sometimes intricate, sometimes not so intricate, um, costumey to make them look scary or something. Mm-hmm. That, you know, it's not necessary for me as an adult viewer. I can see where they want to have the surprise and have more interesting looking monsters. I don't know. For kids watching or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's just part of it, so you know, that's gives us license to, to pick fun at the monster of the week. In this case it's the mandrel. Yep. What about you? I just am having a hard time keeping interest in the episode. Mm. They intersperse it too much with those scenes like the doctor trying to do whatever he was doing where they don't explain it very well and so you just lose interest because you don't understand what they're doing so it's not interesting yeah and it almost serves just as a reason to for example in this scene to have the mandrel be revealed as the Vroxoan mm-hmm It serves a purpose, but it's not keeping my interest. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, I understand. It's like when uh, reading a novel or a story of some type, and it, when there's a technical part to it, I'm sure it's difficult as an author to gauge how much technical information do I give without them losing complete interest and stop re- to stop reading mm-hmm. my book. Yeah, I need to explain it. But so they have an understanding, but I don't want them to just be reading for that and then lose interest with the rest of into my characters and the story. Mm-hmm. So I can, you know, I can understand it's a it's a difficult balance. Oh, our ending then. Yep, cliffhanger. Yes, so whatever the Doctor has everybody working on to separate the ship starts happening. And it, I guess, led to believe that this separation is affecting the Doctor as well. Yes, that's what I think we're led to believe. Because he seems to be like stretched and pulled and... And then disappears. uh, Fading and then disappears, yes. Maybe he'll end up on the other ship? Yeah, maybe. to say so it wasn't a bad way to end I don't think no it's fine it's not that the, we don't think the doctor's gonna die because yeah. of this but we wonder well maybe he'll end up in diamond ship or you know uh, maybe he'll end up in another part of the machine or something uh, there's some you know power relay that he's doing to cause this this problem that he finds himself in so Where's he going to end up and how's he going to get out of it? Mm-hmm. So it's good enough. I Better guess. than having him just face to face with the mandrel. Ooh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so this is much better than just, you know, being trapped by the monster of the week, you know. I guess. Yeah. Slightly. With, yeah. Well, with the options they had, I think this is probably 
if they had any options um, other than the mandrel option uh, it's probably as good a place unlike some of the other st episodes of the story where we've seen and I kept wondering when they were going to stop the episode mm -hmm. this one really fit that yeah this was the place that he was going to stop and end the story for this one Is that it? Yeah. All right. So. Well, join us on Monday when we talk about the final episode of Nightmare of Eden. So join us then, and thank you for listening.